listening to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. This is Lauren and Shannon, teacher training duo of TefelHorizons.com. Each week, we bring you teaching advice, travel tips, and inspiring stories from around the globe. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Expand Your Horizons, the TEFL Horizons podcast. This week, our guest is Jesse Ebersol. Jesse is the Director of Academic Programs at Washington English Center, a nonprofit English language school for adult immigrants in Washington, D.C., which relies on all volunteer teachers to teach 14 levels of different English classes. Jesse started out in the TESOL field as a volunteer and later went on to complete a master's degree in TESOL at American University. She previously taught at American University's English Language Training Academy and was a draft writer for parts of Intercambio's textbook series, Confidence and Connections. Jesse is the Watt Tiesel Adult Ed Special Interest Group Chair, and she always enjoys opportunities to connect with the broader Tiesel community. I'm so excited to bring you this interview today because it has been such a pleasure to connect with Jesse and to work with WEC. The more I learn about it as an organization, the more I like. They offer so much to their students and also provide wonderful professional development opportunities for their volunteer teachers. So without further ado, let's jump right into our conversation. So hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to have you with us today for this interview. Uh, so to start, tell us, how did you get into this field? Sure. So it was a combination of things that brought me to TEFL. I'd always had an interest in teaching. So I'm the oldest of four siblings. And when I was little, I would always make them kind of play school and be the teacher. Although I doubt I really had a very sound teaching method then. Um, and I'd also always enjoyed words and just the way they sound, the way they fit together in a sentence. Um, and I'd had an interest in traveling to different countries, being exposed to different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So those elements are always there in the background. Um, but what started really solidifying my interest in TESOL specifically was when I went to college in Vermont, um, a number of refugees from Somalia had recently been settled there. Uh, and I heard that the Somali Bantu Community Association of Vermont was looking for volunteer English tutors. And so I signed up to do that. And I discovered that I really enjoyed the interactions I had with the adults I worked with and enjoyed the challenge of just trying to figure out how to teach and how to make uh, my sessions with them meaningful for them. Now, of course, at this time, I had not really any qualifications and I'm not sure how helpful I was to the, those learners, although I hope I was, but um, that's really what started me on my way and sparked my interest in the field. Okay, so you started teaching without any training at first. You just kind of jumped into it and, and you were learning as you went. Yes. Okay, very cool. Um, so how did you end up where you are now, working at the Washington English Center? Sure. So uh, I also started at the Washington English Center as a volunteer. Um, in college, my major was related to international development, but by the time I graduated, I didn't think that field was the best fit for me. Mm -hmm. um, and my experiences volunteering with the Sabali Bantuist Community Association had sparked my interest in TESOL. Um, so I just decided to move to DC after college, kind of attracted to the city as somewhere that was more international and warmer than Vermont, but still not as crazy big as New York City coming from such a small town. Yep. Um, and I ended up just waitressing to save money for a couple years while I figured out if TESOL was something that 
I really wanted to do as a career. Um, and during that time, I began volunteering as Washington English Center so that I could explore TESOL more. And that really made me decide that, yes, this is something that I wanted to do. So I started talking to a lot of staff members and volunteers there who had backgrounds in TESOL. Um, and those conversations were really very helpful to me in making the career seem a real possibility. Uh, and a few of them recommended the American University Master's Program, just had very positive things to say about their professors and that it was a good mix of theoretical and practical TESOL knowledge. Um, and then when I, so I decided to do that program. Okay. And when I was a student there, uh, my professors were great about like, pointing different opportunities my way. Um, one of them recommended me to um, the hiring manager at the English Language Training Academy, which was AU's uh, department that worked with international students who had been conditionally admitted to the school, but needed to uh, still have support for their English language learning. Um, so I ended up teaching there part-time while I was in school. Uh, another professor recommended me to a friend of hers who was um, working as a draft writer for uh, a new textbook series. And I ended up subcontracting with her to help with some of the drafts. Um, and a, you know, a couple other opportunities like that came up during uh, my grad school experience, which I was very grateful to my professors for to help mm -hmm. me get some real practical experience, even as I was still learning. Um, and then as I was nearing graduation, a job opened up at Washington English Center and a staff member there asked me if I had thought about applying. And despite volunteering there, I had never really imagined that that's where I would end up in my career, just since there aren't many staff positions there. It is mostly a volunteer organization. So I'd always thought I'd end up working at an adult public charter school or maybe going abroad directly after graduation. Um, but when I thought about the position, I was immediately interested because I had had such positive experiences as the volunteer there. And since that had really helped point me in the direction of um, making TESOL a professional career. And so I applied and um, got the job there. And at this point, I've now been there almost two years. So that worked out great. And I assume you also love living in DC. I love living in DC just because it's warmer than where I'm from. And it's just a very international city, which is one of the things that drew it to me initially. I totally understand that. I was, um, I think some of our listeners know this, but I was based in Washington, D.C. myself um, for about the past five years before relocating to Boston. And I loved that aspect of, um, it just felt very international, lots of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Vermont. Okay. I grew up there and went to college there. And I love growing up there uh, for sure, but it was nice to experience something else after that. Absolutely. And I love that you were able to use volunteering as a way to kind of test the waters, like to see if teaching English was something that you really wanted to do before you had to make a really big investment or a really big commitment. Yeah, it, it definitely helped to, to be able to see, oh, I've been teaching here now as a volunteer for a couple of years and it's still interesting and exciting to, to plan a lesson each time. And it also mm -hmm. made me realize that you know, there's some things that I figured out and got better at just from experience, but it also made me really want to have um, that theoretical background and, um, you know, 
being part of a professional community that I could bounce ideas off of. Yep, absolutely. We have candidates who come to the CELTA course sometimes who've done some volunteering already, and I think they find it helpful as well that they've gotten like to have a go at it (laughs) basically like they've gotten to try their hand at some teaching they sort of know what's been working what hasn't been working what they need strategies for and so it's nice for them to come into a training program or I'm sure a master's program Mm -hmm. um sort of with that already which is great yeah definitely I mean it, it made the more theoretical parts of the program uh easier to understand I think when I could actually picture a class and picture a student Right. And picture how some of those things would work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you do at the Washington English Center now? Like, what does a typical day look like for you? Sure. Um, so my primary responsibilities are teacher support, teacher training, and then creating the syllabi for all the classes. And mm-hmm. so on a given day when classes are in session, I get there an hour before the first class starts. So I get there at nine and then all the volunteer teachers start to come in and they'll have a variety of questions that are kind of in the moment, right before class questions. Some of them might be, you know, how, where to find materials in the building or tech questions, but then some of them will also be questions about teaching or about how to handle a dynamic between two different students in the class or about their lesson. And so that first hour is mostly just interaction with the volunteers. Then um, when classes start for the first couple of weeks, I, Um, am not involved in the classes, but after the teachers have had a week or two to kind of get adjusted to the new term, then I'll start doing classroom observations. Um, And the purpose of those is really to provide support for the teachers and um, highlight the things that they're already doing great and also give them more tips and ideas. Um, Because many of our volunteers have, you know, no experience experience in the field before they start. And so we want to make sure that they feel supported. And so I'll sit in on a class. um, And then after the class, I'll chat with the teachers. And we use um, a set of standards called the access standards, which uh, we have an academic advisory board. And one of the members of that designed those standards uh, before I started specifically for WC. And they're essentially six principles of how to teach. And so I'll try to give feedback based on those standards so that volunteers have this consistent guide. Um, So that will take up a lot of my day during the term. Then I'll also do um, answer questions by email that people might have as they're planning their lessons. And I also select the textbooks. We recently switched to a new textbook and I'll paste out the textbooks and the syllabus. Um, there's other things too. Like we do a community services fair once per term where different nonprofit organizations or government organizations that offer low cost services to immigrants all come to the school and uh, present information to the students. So I'll write the lesson plans for the day leading up to the fair to help that the teachers will then um, implement that help explain to students everything that happens in in the fair and what to expect and they'll role play asking questions of the different organizations and learn a little bit about the different organizations and then go. Um, so that's another thing I organize. Um, but yeah, in general, it's teacher training, teacher support and uh, making sure that there's a consistent uh, curriculum throughout the day because we do have uh, classes that occur um, four days a week 
but Mm -hmm. most volunteers only teach one day a week. And so there'll be a different pair of two, two teachers each day. And so I'll do work to make sure that there's communication between all the different teachers who work with the same students and that they're following kind of a consistent program for the students. Excellent. So expanding on that, yeah, tell us a little bit more about the Washington English Center in general. So how the organization works and kind of what it looks like for students or for teachers volunteering there. Sure. Yeah. So we have um, around 600 students per term. Oh, wow. Uh, There's probably 50% from Latin American countries and the other 50% is from all over the world. And we do usually have like 90 to 100 countries represented in one term, although not all in the same class, of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then we also have around 300 volunteer teachers per term. And we teach. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of moving parts. Yeah. uh, We have uh, 14 levels of ESL classes. Uh, Each level is really like half of a textbook that they'll use as a guide. So it's seven textbooks that the students would complete if they started from the beginning and went to the end of our program. Um, Our most beginning level classes assume students have almost, you know, no prior knowledge of English. They start with the alphabet. And then um, by the end, the classes assume like a B2 plus C1 level of proficiency on the common European framework of reference. Mm -hmm. Uh, Students are placed into the classes. So not everyone starts at the beginning. People come with varying levels of English and take a placement test. Uh, They have different class schedules, so either teachers can choose to volunteer at different times, students can come choose to come to the classes at different times. We have the option of Monday through Thursday in the morning, uh, Monday through Thursday in the evening, or Saturday and Sunday in the afternoon, so people can pick what works best based on their schedule. Oh, that's great. Um, And as I briefly mentioned before, we use a co-teaching model Mm -hmm. So we'll have two teachers teaching any given class. We try to pair people who volunteered with us before with new volunteers so that they have someone who's been through it once before as sort of a mentor, but it's still a co-equal relationship in the classroom. That's great. Um, Yeah. So I I like that that model a lot just because you might be explaining something, but then your co-teacher might be able to jump in and explain it a different way that a different student might understand more. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's useful for modeling too. If you want to demonstrate a dialogue, you can do that with a student or with yourself playing both parts, but it's also really nice to have a co-teacher to, to model instructions with. Um, right. Especially if you don't have a lot of experience just to get that other perspective or see a different way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just observing the classes, I think I always, pick up things too from from looking at all the different teachers and yeah sometimes just having an example is is just so helpful in in how to learn because I think what can be challenging for some volunteers is that a lot of them even if they've took taken language classes before like in high school they haven't really ever seen as a student what we're trying to do they haven't as a student experienced a teacher who's trying to teach in the way that we would ideally like to have people teach in an English language classroom. Like just in particular, I think the amount of student to student interaction we want. Yes. um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. For people to kind of conceptualize if they've never just seen it done and seen how it works. So true. 
Yeah. I think if you are coming in without any experience or, you know, maybe just from what most of us were subjected to as um, foreign language learners in school or even just normal in our other classes at school, it was very much a lecture kind of model where the teacher, you know, teaching means that you stand up in front of the class and you talk. Um, but yeah, that's something we talk a lot about at Temple Horizons and on CELTA courses is student to student interaction, moving away from that model of teacher as lecturer and thinking more of teacher as facilitator, you know, almost like running a workshop where the students are really engaged and really doing hands-on activities. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great thing to emphasize. And yeah, something we, we try to emphasize too. And I think yeah, sometimes teachers feel like they really have to explain and it's their job to mm -hmm. be up at the board and giving a whole grammar explanation. And of course, there's a place for that. But we try to show the ways that the students can learn you know, in groups by doing and through modeling. Yeah. That is wonderful. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit about your students in terms of their backgrounds and where they come from. So they're all adults, right? The students that you get at the Washington English Center, or are there also young learners who come? There are, they are currently all adults. You know, at some point, uh, I think it'd be great if we could have a family, family literacy program or something like that. But at this point, um, we don't have the capacity for that. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, they're all adults from a range of ages, um, the youngest being 18, but then we also have uh, students who are you know, grandmothers or grandfathers who are here because they want to, to learn English to talk to their grandchildren who have been born in the US. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, and so what do you think the students who come to the Washington English Center expect from their teachers and from the classes that you offer? Sure. So, I mean, I think there's some things that everyone expects and there's other things that are different depending on the student. Mm -hmm. uh, some students are looking for uh, English because they're primarily concerned with uh, their, their ability to participate in the workforce and mm -hmm. they might want to, they might be a busser and want to have enough English to be promoted to a server, or they might've been an accountant in their home country and want to, get up to a level in English where they can be an accountant again. Um, others' goals for learning English are more related to just um, feeling a part of the, their new community in the United States. Some of them want to say they want to make American friends and mm -hmm. others, as I mentioned before, just are here because their families are here and they want to learn English to communicate with uh, the younger children in their family who are growing up beginning in the United States. So there's those differences, but then I think in general, what they expect from the teachers and the classes is of course, you know, on a simple basis, just to learn English, but also I think for a lot of the students, it's a source of social interaction as well as learning English. And uh, it can be a way for them to like, meet other people in DC um, and to kind of form connections both with the students and with the teachers. Um, they definitely expect, they, they, the students know that the teachers are volunteers. And so that, you know, I think they're, they're grateful for that. And that does sometimes change their expectations a little bit, but I think they still do expect that the teachers are prepared and uh, can provide, you know, engaging lessons for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what can the teachers, so your volunteer teachers at the Washington English Center, um, what can they expect there? And what do you think are the reasons that somebody might want to volunteer? Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. 
I think you know, there's also probably a number of things. I think one thing that once people do teach at WC, they really, I've heard people comment on is just how dedicated the students are and how much just respect they have for the teachers and how much interest they have in learning. And I think this is probably true at any adult school, but mm -hmm. the students are in general there because they really want to be there and exactly. want to learn. And so there's less of a, a disciplinary element than or really any, you know, there's no need to discipline them because they're adults. And, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. If you're, uh, if you're used to working with young learners, that's a really nice change of pace mm -hmm. or it can be. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one aspect. I think the other is just, um, you know, one teacher said to me that they feel like they don't have to travel as much anymore because their, their international experience is, is right here. And, um, you know, I, on a superficial level at, at graduate at the graduation ceremonies, all, all the students will bring in lots of different food from their home countries. And it's this you know, amazing uh, buffet of, of different uh, countries. And then, you know, on the deeper level, you do learn about different people's cultures and perspectives and, and backgrounds and experiences. Um, and then I think, of course, with, you know, over 600 students, sometimes there is going to be some cultural misunderstanding um or just conflict but i think in general um most teachers and i think i also am just amazed at how often just these classroom communities form where everyone's kind of very supportive of each other and you see people kind of bonding across cultures and across language barriers like even at the beginning level you see students kind of forming connections with people who uh they don't have a lot of ways to communicate with based on their language level but they still manage to connect. And so I think that's something that's uh, really rewarding to see. And I think also just when you volunteer there, just being able to see the progress that the students make and of course how, how visible that prog progress is depends on the level. Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning students, every everything they learn is such an achievement. So I think at the most beginning class, seeing someone start with you know, just learning the alphabet and then by the end of the class they can form sentences in English, I think is really valuable. And then at the more advanced classes, you know, the, they're definitely making progress, but it's, I think, sometimes harder to see because they already know so much English, but you can also have uh, more in-depth conversations with those students. I think another thing teachers can expect at WC, apart from the student side, is just that we do um, try to offer a lot of training and support for the teachers. And so even if they don't have any volunteer experience, um, we do offer an orientation session uh, at the start of each term where they can go and have, go to workshops for me and from other outside trainers that we contract with to come during the term. I also offer different workshops that people can attend. And then we do try to have just one-on-one kind of -on -one connections with the teachers by going to their classes, observing, and then conferencing with them. So, you know, I'd hope teachers can also expect to feel supported by the staff and to have professional development opportunities if they choose to volunteer. Definitely. And that's something that I didn't know actually about the Washington English Center until we connected was how much training and professional development you offer your teachers. And I think that's really awesome um, that the teachers who volunteer for the Washington English Center, you know, they're not just showing up and like, okay, have fun, try it out, thanks for being here, you know, but they're actually getting a ton of opportunities to improve 
as a teacher um, so that by the time, it, you know, if they do want to pursue a paid um, career in teaching or further training, a certification, um, further education that, you know, they have actually learned a lot already. I think that's great. Yeah, we, we do try to do that. And of course, it's, it's always an area I want to continue to, to grow in our organization. Uh, the other thing we try to do is a number of our volunteers do decide that they, based on their experience, that they do want to pursue teaching as a career. So mm -hmm. once or twice a year, I'll try to invite anyone who has done that to come and attend a session to talk with other volunteers who are considering it to share their experiences. So in the past, we've been able to get people who did a variety of different certificate and master's degree programs to come and just have a kind of open session with other volunteers who might be considering it. Um, mm -hmm. So people can learn about what to expect going forward. That's great. Yeah, what the different options are out there and mm -hmm. what it looks like. Fantastic. Yeah. And I appreciate how much you've shared about TEFL Horizons. Like, um, it's just really wonderful to meet other people in the industry who are genuinely interested in helping teachers improve in their craft. Um, you know, so it's great that you reach out and find so many different resources you're kind of curating, I guess, for your teachers so that they can access all of these different ways to learn about teaching and get better. Yeah, well, we appreciate TEFL Horizon so much. I mean, some, some teachers have definitely come up to me and been like, oh, it's so great that you're putting this in the newsletter. Or, oh, I just did the grammar webinar or and I know I appreciate it too, just getting the newsletter, even though it's, you know, even though I have background in teaching, it's mm -hmm. always nice to get, you know, a weekly summary of, you know, a particular element of the field that's always kind of my mini professional development. Right. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I think for teachers in general, no matter how much experience or how much practice you have, it's still wonderful just to get these little reminders or little refreshers of, you know, oh, wow, I know that, but I haven't thought about it in a while. Or it just yeah. kind of keeps you excited about teaching and thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because it's easy after many years to, to find yourself just sort of going through the motions if you don't make a point of... Um, sort of staying connected with other teachers in the community and just continuing to be really excited about being in the classroom every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, great. So I think we've talked a little bit already about what teachers gain by volunteering at the Washington English Center. I love that they get so much free training and professional development. Um, and I really loved what you said about getting to sort of witness this international cultural experience. That's definitely one of my favorite things about working in this industry in general. Um, so for someone who's looking to volunteer teach, um, either specifically in Washington, D.C. or just in general, is there any advice you would give that person? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I've found it very rewarding personally, and it's what led me to a career, but I know that people who don't even decide that they want to do it as a career, also just find it very rewarding to do part-time. I'd mm -hmm. say if you don't have uh, a whole lot of teaching experience, or even if you do, um, when considering different volunteer programs, I would ask staff questions about the support to provide they provide to teachers. So Great. is there training before? What does the support look like during the term? Um, and I'd also suggest that anyone interested thinks about kind of what the student body will look like at the program they're volunteering mm -hmm. with. Like, is it adults? Is it college students? Is it uh, family literacy? 
and then also like the backgrounds of the students. It'll be a different experience if you work at a program that's primarily refugees or um, adults with limited literacy, um, beginning students, advanced students. So thinking about you know, what it would mean to work with all those populations and if there's any you think you'd be more or less um, suited to work with. Of course, if you're thinking in DC, I'd have to pitch Washington English Center as a volunteer opportunity. And I do think we're one of the largest volunteer organizations in DC um, teaching English. And so just for that reason, I think we are able to provide a lot of support for our teachers. And uh, there's a lot of options in terms of what level you want to teach, beginning, intermediate, advanced, um, conversation club, all kinds of things, although I'm sure there's a number of other organizations too in DC, just because it is a very international city. Mm -hmm. We've had, so in working at the teaching house at the CELTA Center um, in Washington, DC, I've known a lot of candidates who've gone um, sort of in both directions. Like I've had candidates who have taken a CELTA course and then gone on to teach at the Washington English Center afterwards, you know, either because that's all they were really looking for was just a volunteer opportunity or because they wanted to volunteer and get a little bit more experience before going abroad or moving on to something else. And then we've had candidates who have come to us to take a CELTA course after doing some volunteering first at the Washington English Center. And they've all had really good things to say. Um, so they, I've, at least everyone I've spoken to has been very impressed with the organization and has had a really good experience there. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great point that it can go both ways. You can start volunteering and then decide you want to get a certificate. You can just volunteer and not, you know, pursue anything else, or you could get a certificate and then decide you also want to volunteer in addition to your career. And we do have some teachers who do that in particular, sometimes, um, DC public school teachers will like to volunteer with us in the summer um, just to have kind of a different kind of teaching experience than what they do in, in the classroom. And yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that's really cool. Um, yeah, and I think it's great that it's something that teachers can do sort of like you did. You know, if you're thinking that teaching English might be something you're interested in, but you're not sure you're going to like it, which is totally fair. And you want to know if you actually like it uh, for real before you invest in a, a huge training program or a master's degree or something. I think it's a great way to figure out if teaching is right for you by volunteering first. Um, or if you've gotten a certification or a degree and then you want to get a little bit of, you know, actual classroom experience before looking for a job abroad or somewhere else. Um, you know, volunteer teaching is real teaching just because it's not a paid profession or a paid um, position doesn't mean that it doesn't count as experience on your resume. So mm -hmm. I think it's a great stepping stone before looking for a, a paid position. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that you wish you had known before you started teaching or when you first started teaching? Hmm. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, there, I think there's two different ways I, I would answer that. I think one thing, since I started out um, without a whole lot of, or any experience or, or theoretical background in teaching when I started volunteering. Um, mm. You know, I think that's okay, and many of our volunteers are like that, but I do wish I had had a little bit more background when I first was working at the Somali Bantu, or volunteering at the Somali Bantu Community Association, or I wish I had known at that time what sorts of resources exist because there's so many resources that exist out there for teachers and so oh, I'm sure that you know I think I connected 
on a personal level well with the, the first people I worked with there. But, you know, over time, I think I've developed a lot more knowledge. And so I wish I'd had that when I first started. Um, and then I guess on just a level of the field or the having a career here, I think, uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate in my career path before. I think one thing that can be tough for some uh, people is that sometimes there tends to be more part-time uh, than full-time opportunities available in the field. And mm -hmm. um, that's not something that I've been fortunate that I've been able to find full-time work since I got my degree, but I think I didn't realize at first the extent to which that was, um, you know, something in the field. But um, I don't think that would have changed my decision to go into it because I think there are still so many opportunities out there. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so what's your favorite thing about working in this industry? I guess we've touched on it a little bit, but mm -hmm. anything you would say in particular? Sure. Uh, I mean, my favorite thing about what I do at the moment is just uh, the work I do with the teachers and the teacher training and you know, the times when you know, I go into a class and get to interact with the teacher and make some suggestions and then to see later on them implementing those suggestions. Mm -hmm. um, about the industry in general, I think just all the different kinds of opportunities there are out there. Um, I mean, there's teaching in universities, adult public charter schools, private language schools, being a teacher trainer teaching abroad, um, working on textbook development or assessments, and then just also the opportunity to freelance, which I haven't really done yet, but I think is something that would be very appealing to do at some point in the future, like pitching a curriculum to a business or an organization. Um, and so I think within the field, there's, there's a lot there. And then just also, I think the people that you meet in the field, um, all are really just reflect reflective and dedicated and interesting people. Um, so I've really enjoyed, you know, being part of Watisal, which is the uh, local uh, nonprofit organization that provides professional development to mm -hmm. English language educators. And um, it's been great to kind of meet people with different backgrounds and experiences in the field through that organization. Yeah, I think that's a great point and something that a lot of people maybe who are just coming into this field or who don't really know much about this field don't realize is I think sort of on a surface level, you think of teaching English as being something that you do either on like a strictly volunteer basis forever, um, just because you're kind of interested in it part time or as something that people do, like they go abroad for a year or maybe two and then that's it, right? Then they come back and get a quote unquote real job. Mm -hmm. um, like it's a break that you take in your life yeah. to go have fun and, and do something for a couple of years. Um, but this is a field where, you know, if you're really interested in it, you can keep going. I love that you brought up that there are so many different paths you can take. Um, even your story, you know, starting out as a volunteer and then getting a degree and then ending up in your position, you know, organizing this volunteer organization is, is really cool. That There are so many different options out there for how people can sort of move forward in this field. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything you don't love about working in this industry? It's really the only thing is what, what I already alluded to. It's just knowing that like some people do struggle to find full-time work and of course not everyone wants full-time work, but um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate that I've been able to have full-time employment. Um, but I, I do know some people who have, you know, several different part-time jobs and, you know, they think yeah. eventually one will become full-time. And so, you know, I think that's a challenge, but 
otherwise, yeah, um, I really am happy to be in this field. For sure. Yeah, I think going abroad, there's not usually an issue with finding full-time work, but I agree that here in the United States, um, unless you're working in a public school, which is different, working um, in private language schools, it can be difficult. Like It is, as you said, often part-time, so I think it helps to go in knowing that, as you mentioned as well, and kind of having a plan. Um, You just have to go a little bit further, maybe get a little bit more training, like just make sure that you're making connections and you're staying on top of professional development and then it's easier i think to leverage into a something full-time yeah yeah it's certainly possible to find full-time right. positions and, and you know for some people it might suit their schedule to have a couple part-time things and then to mm-hmm. freelance too so right to be a bit more flexible mm-hmm. uh so if somebody is interested in the washington english center how can they get in touch with you or how can they learn more Sure. So um, they can always send me an email at um, jebersall at washingtonenglish.org. Um, I'll spell my name too because it's sometimes somewhat hard to predict. Um, so that's E B as in bear, E R S O L E at washingtonenglish.org. Um, you, people can also feel free to give me a call uh, at my work number, which is 240 289. 2101. And I'm happy to answer any questions people have. You can also check out our website, which is washingtonenglish.org, and there's more information there as well. Perfect. And I'll include links to all of those things in the show notes for this episode. If if that's easier for anybody, you can just click on the link or you'll have the number right there. Um, That is wonderful. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and do this interview. I love talking about the Washington English Center, and I'm really happy that we got to share so much information about it. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. Feel free to leave a comment below if you enjoyed this and let us know what you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. If you know other teachers and travelers, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them too. And tune in this coming Tuesday for our next episode. Until then, you can find us at TeflHorizons.com. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons.